This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. I'm Amy. I'm a recovering sex addict, and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm super excited to be with you today to discuss a topic that I've been thinking about for a long time. I had this experience a few weeks ago that kind of helped me crystallize this topic that I've been thinking about for a while. I was talking with one of my really close friends. We'd been talking at length about some of the things she was dealing with. She's had multiple health issues she's been facing, some marital issues, and a number of extended family problems that have been very hard to work through. She's really been trying to do things differently and try to improve her relationships. We were kind of wrapping up our conversation and I said something like, hey, I just want to say I'm super impressed with how courageous you have been recently in trying to confront some of these problems. I know it's incredibly difficult and you feel like you're doing it all wrong, but I think you are doing really hard things and doing it really well. And I hope that you recognize that. I was kind of taken back by her response. Oh, she said, I guess I never really considered that as brave. Brave is saved for like survivors, people who do amazing things. I'm just trying to change my life a little bit. I kind of laughed, but I reaffirmed that I thought that what she was doing was brave and showed really great courage. She thanked me, and that was kind of the end of that. But I've been thinking about this simple exchange for a while now. In my book, this woman is amazing. Totally amazing. She's not had an easy life. Her past includes physical and emotional abuse, multiple significant health issues, infertility, and other mishaps of life. You know how things go sometimes, right? But what impresses me most about her is her continual engagement in the struggle. No matter what seems to be going on for her, to her, because of her, around her, whatever, all the stuff that gets piled on in her life, all of it, she continues to engage in her life. She works at trying to make sense of these things. She works at the relationships with people in her life. She volunteers. She gives back. She tries to help others. She travels, reads, searches for answers, and remains real and authentic while doing it. She's not scared to say, today is a bad day and I can't do this. (laughs) Or to also say, I've got this today. I can make a difference. I'm constantly impressed by her in so many ways. And the more I learn about her, the more I admire her. But at the same time, I've also sat on the living room floor with her multiple times where one or usually both of us cried for hours and talked through some really difficult things. She's that kind of friend. The willingness she demonstrates to stay engaged in the struggle is, to me, an act of determined courage. Staying engaged in the struggle is not the easy choice, not the easy choice at all, because as all of you know, the struggle is real. We all struggle with things in our lives. I don't want to say that some are small and that some are big because it really depends on the person and it really depends on the day. (laughs) For me, the daily decision of whether to go curly or straight with my hair is not usually that big of a deal. 
It is sometimes a struggle though, but I admit that some days it literally has brought me to sit on the bathroom floor in tears. Seriously. We all struggle. We all have things that happen to us, because of us, or even just around us that bring struggle to our lives. I've had many of those moments. I remember many of those moments from my early days in therapy, as I would sit and describe my life, my family, maybe a relationship that I had been in, my therapist would gently challenge my view of the situation. I remember the first time I described one of my acting out relationships, and afterwards he said, you know, Amy, it sounds like you were really taken advantage of in that relationship. It sounds like he was a predator. That was a real struggle for me to hear. I had never considered that I had been taken advantage of in any of my relationships. I always felt like the aggressor. To try and change my thought process about these relationships and my behavior in them was really difficult. It was a definite struggle for me. Or I think of the times when I've had to have difficult conversations with people. Those kind of conversations that say, our relationship can't continue like this. That can be a struggle for a long time because even after the initial conversation, there are the patterns of behavior that have to change afterwards. Engaging in that is difficult and is a definite struggle. You know, some of the issues that I feel like I'm really struggling with right now in my life are these. First, what does it mean to be a woman? After years, decades really, of gender hatred and hating the fact that I was a woman, I'm now trying to accept that and define womanhood in a way that works for me. There are so many differing opinions about what it means to be a woman. What is my nature as a woman? And how can I be the woman I want to be? That's a struggle in my life. Another one, how do I move forward in relationships? I recently had a discussion with some family members where it was said that they wanted to go back to the way our relationship was before. One mentioned a five, five years ago that they wanted to go back to what it was like five years ago. Well, five years ago is when I started recovery. So they want to get back to codependence and rescuing behaviors. I cried for days. I can't go back to that. I can't do it. If I go back, that means I'll go back to acting out. After praying, consultation, and some discussion with others, my mantra became, I won't go back, but I will move forward. And that's what I say to myself nearly every day. There are some things that need to change on my side and how I approach and handle these relationships. But the struggle comes in how do I do that? That is a struggle for me on a daily basis. How do I move forward in relationships? Another one I'm facing or dealing with now is how do I fight the fear of dating again? I don't want to be single for the rest of my life. I don't want to be alone. But the fear of putting myself out there, of even attempting to put myself in places where I might meet someone is very real, (laughs) very real. First, there's the initial piece of getting to know someone. Then the piece of, can I trust myself not to jump the gun and be physical too quickly? Then there's the part where if it starts to progress, when do I disclose that I'm an addict and my whole life an addiction? You know, you get it. Yes, I know that's future tripping and I know it's crazy, but it is real. How do I stay engaged in that struggle and fight through that fear? Another one I'm trying to deal with right now is where do I want my life to go professionally? Trying to figure out where my life is headed professionally is a real struggle for me right now. I've started several things and I've had success in some of these areas and not so much in some of the others. I'm trying to reinvent myself and figure out where it is I really want to go and want to be and it's difficult. 
especially when all this is tied to having enough money, giving back to a community, trying to find my calling, and also wanting to do God's will. How do I figure that all out? How do I have the courage to stay engaged in that struggle of figuring it out? I'll give you one more example from my own life. How do I change the relationship I have with food? Food is a huge struggle for me right now. I believe I have an addiction with food. I know that it needs to change. I know I use it as a coping mechanism and sometimes even as a way to act out. The last few months as I've been trying to change that, my body has been triggered sexually more than it has, I swear, in the last year combined. And I'm not exaggerating. Sometimes I feel like it is a decision between acting out with food or acting out sexually. I know that's not the case and I've been able to use my tools to stay sober both sexually and with my food, but it is a daily struggle for sure. It's a struggle to stay engaged. Those are just a few. A few of the things that I'm struggling with and trying to figure out for me. Engaging in these struggles is not easy. I've told you many times I'm a mathematician. I see the world in patterns, equations, and formulas. I need the predictability of cause and effect. When I can't make sense of something, or when there is no sense to be made of something, my default is to disengage. Disengagement is the solution for me. And that disengagement can take many forms. It's not really like a one-time event or behavior, but it's a pattern that I see in my life, a pattern of disengagement. For me, it can look like this. Active acknowledgement of the problem with no real action. I talk about it a lot, maybe to a lot of people, but I don't necessarily do anything about it. I might make commitments or promises to people about things, but I don't actually follow through. This is true about dating right now in my life. I say I want to date, I talk to people about dating, but I haven't done anything about it. I even say things like, I'm going to change this. This weekend, I'm going to go out and try to meet people but then I don't. The fear strikes and I stay home where it is safe. That's a form of disengagement in my life. It can also look like too much TV. (laughs) My personal rule is this. If I'm watching more than one hour a day of TV on a regular basis, I'm disengaged in my life. I learned in recovery that I use TV to escape. Hours go by with me saying, just one more episode, just one more episode. When I realized that looked too much like my acting out with erotica and personal ads or pornography, I knew I had to stop. When I binge watch for days on end and lose time that I could be engaged in my life in productive ways, I know I'm disengaging. This happened a couple weeks ago. I knew I needed to take a new step with my business, but I didn't know exactly how to do it or what it needed to look like. And rather than engage in the struggle of figuring that out, I watched a full season of my favorite TV show in three days. That's about 26 hours of TV, averaging eight hours a day. That's disengaging. I'm not engaging in the struggle of figuring things out. Rather, I'm escaping. But most commonly for me, disengagement looks like avoidance. I once kept an email in my inbox unread for over six months. It was from a friend of mine that I was struggling with. Our relationship needed to change. She called me out on a few things and she was totally right. I had responded and she this was her response to my response. But I let the email sit there for six months. I didn't want to deal with it. I thought I knew what it said. I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to feel like a failure and engage in trying to make amends. So I just kept it sitting there. 
Every time I logged in to my email, there it sat, staring me in the face. A daily reminder that I didn't know how or what to do about this struggle, so I avoided it. It didn't send a great message to her, and when I was finally ready to engage, she wasn't. A lost opportunity and a lost friendship. Those are just a few of the ways and methods that I use to disengage from the struggle. Now, each one of those might be a good temporary strategy to compose yourself and make a decision, but when used in extremes like I did, they are ways to escape and to avoid having to deal with the struggle. They take up my time, my hours, my life, and keep me stuck rather than move me forward. This last week, I saw a meme on Facebook that said, no longer, dot, 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 but not yet. I instantly started crying. I feel like that is where my life is right now. For nearly a year, really, I have felt in this in-between space. The space between no longer, but not yet. There are so many things in my life that have changed since I entered recovery. So many. There are so many things I am no longer doing. I am no longer acting out. I no longer spend hours a day in fantasy. I no longer play the victim. I no longer play the rescuer either. I no longer expect people to meet my needs without me asking for help. I could go on. There's a long list of things I am no longer doing. But there is still big things in my life that I want to be different. Still big parts of the not yet of my life. It is hard to stay engaged in the struggle sometimes to make these not yet pieces a reality. Living in between these two places no longer but not yet, takes patience and a whole lot of hope. But it also takes, most importantly, a willingness to engage in the struggle. So what does being engaged look like? How do we engage in the struggles that life hands us or that we make on our own? I came up with a list of seven things that help me stay engaged in the struggle. I want to share this list with you and hopefully They'll help you as well to stay engaged. Okay, first one on my list. Number one, stepping into self-worth. Many times I feel like what causes me to disengage is the idea that I'm not enough. I want to change my eating and relationship with food, but I'm not strong enough. I want to date or meet people, but I'm not pretty enough. I want to be successful as a recovery coach and help women, but I'm not smart enough. Whatever it is that I need to engage in, I can always find some way in which I don't measure up, if that's what I'm looking for. A while back, I was watching a Brene Brown interview. The man interviewing her asked if she had always been this confident, powerful, snarky, fun person. Her answer surprised me. Immediately, she said, no, no, this this was not me. She went on to explain that as a young girl, and even into her teens and 20s, she didn't want to be who she was. She explained so many of the things that she didn't like about herself as a young girl and as a young adult even. She explained what she wanted to be and what was being asked of her from society and how much that didn't line up with who she felt she really was and her strengths. Then she said, Later in life, I learned to really like who I was. I learned to really like the things that made me different. And as I learned to step into some self-worth, I found I really loved these things about me. That phrase, stepping into self-worth, really stuck with me. It was a choice. It was a choice to see my own value, my own worth. It's a choice that I make, not one made by those around me. I decide if I am valuable. I decide if I have worth. When I find myself stuck in the space of not being enough, I find it is time for me to step into self-worth. 
It's time for me to work some affirmations or call someone who could help me see my own value. Sometimes I feel like I just get in my own way. I know that I have what it takes to be successful, but my own thinking gets in the way and I disengage rather than move forward. Finding ways to step into my own self-worth has really helped me stay engaged in the struggle. Number two, looking for options. One of the clear signs that I am disengaged is that of extreme thinking. (laughs) This happens to me when I look at the problem and only see two solutions, two alternatives, and they are both extremes, two extremes. The fact is that there are always at least 10 options to a situation. When I can't see those options, I know I'm not really engaging in the struggle or acting in the present. Maybe this is caused by a trauma response, or maybe this is caused by faulty core beliefs. No matter the cause, not seeing options is a sign that I'm not engaging, but allowing my default thinking to take over. This happened to me recently. A situation happened with my mom. I'm being vague about the details on purpose, as it's her life and not mine. But I had a situation come up, and in the moment, in the discussion, and for a few days after, I could only see two options, and both options were unacceptable to me. I cried seriously for a good two days, trying to make sense of what I was going to do. And then I finally reached out to someone. Within a few minutes, this person said, Amy, I don't think you're seeing all the options here. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I started to laugh a little bit and my body instantly relaxed. Yes, I was not seeing the options. That's all I needed her to say. So I forced myself to look at them. I forced myself to look for and list at least 10 options, 10 solutions to this problem I was facing with my mom. And within 20 minutes, I had options, good options, and some were really good options. And now a few days removed from that situation, I am engaged in the struggle without the tears, without the confusion, without the avoidance. We will figure this out and we will find a great solution, one that will move my mom forward, and me forward. It's one way to stay engaged in the struggle is looking for those options. Number three, be realistic. You can't do everything. I know that some people will disagree with me on this and they'll say, yes, you can. You can have everything. You can do everything. But the truth is you can't. You can't do everything. Everyone has the same number of hours in the day. Time is definitely the great equalizer and you get to decide how to use that time. Pick what is most important. You might have a lot of things you want to engage in. I have loads of things I want to engage in, so many, but I know I can't do all of them. And sometimes if I'm not careful, I use that as an excuse to not engage in anything. It takes time to find that balance between pushing yourself and disengaging, but it is worth the effort. Dream big for sure, but keep your feet on the ground. Otherwise, you will burn out and not be able to engage in anything. Be realistic. Number four, seek out accountability. When I'm feeling stuck and disengaged, I seek out someone to be accountable to. This is someone I trust, someone I know will be honest with me, someone that will hold up a mirror and say, um, Amy, you're saying this, but you're doing this and they don't line up. This is what we call living in congruity. It's not done to be mean but to help us see our blind spots and to help us figure out a way to move forward. I have found this to be really helpful on several occasions. This doesn't have to be a really big thing or a long-term thing, though it can. Maybe it's just for an hour or for that day. Sometimes I call my sister and say, hey, 
this is what I want to accomplish today. Will you call me at five tonight and ask me about it? Just that much accountability helps me to stay engaged in the struggle that I need to accomplish for that day. If it's a bigger topic, then I seek some longer term accountability. For instance, to stay engaged in my recovery, I have a sponsor that I work with. She holds me accountable for working and moving forward on a regular basis. Having someone to hold me accountable also helps me in being realistic, number three. They can sometimes point out to me where I'm spreading myself too thin, where I'm overextending myself, or where I'm being too easy on myself. They know where to push me and help me to stay engaged. Number five, remaining open to challenge. One of my favorite Albert Einstein quotes is this, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used to create them. What I love about this idea is the reminder that I need to be willing to challenge my own thinking. Many times what causes me to disengage is the fact that I'm not open to new thinking. Either I believe I know enough already, or I think I should be able to figure it out all on my own. Sometimes I just don't want to admit that I can't figure it out. Staying engaged in the struggle requires that I be open to new ways of thinking. It requires that I be willing to say, I don't know that, and be willing to find the answer. It requires me to be willing to listen to new ideas and new information, and then to make an evaluation about it and decide whether that's the right option for me. Remaining open to new thinking, remaining open to challenge, helps me stay engaged in the struggle. Number six, just do one thing. <laughs> I find one of the biggest obstacles I have to staying engaged is feeling overwhelmed. It is hard to stay engaged. There might be many fronts where I'm battling. Maybe the task just feels too big. Maybe you've been trying to stay engaged and it's not working and you just feel like giving up. I have felt that way. I sometimes still feel that way. One of the strategies I've learned to help, even on those days, is the idea of just doing one thing. Just one thing. Maybe that is making your bed. <laughs> Maybe that's making a phone call. Maybe that is saying a prayer. Just one thing. Many times that one thing is a springboard into something else, into one more thing. But sometimes it's not, and that's okay. Sometimes all I can do is pray and say, I want to be engaged, and I'm struggling with it right now. But doing one thing, just one thing, continues to move me forward, even if the pace is slow. One thing helps me stay engaged. So these six ideas, stepping into self-worth, looking for options, being realistic, seeking accountability, and remaining open to challenge help me to stay engaged in the struggle because it is a struggle. But by far, the best one, number seven, is celebrating the fact that you're even trying. That you're even staying engaged in the struggle warrants a celebration. My friend, the one I was telling you about earlier, she might not consider what she's doing, staying engaged, as an act of bravery or courage, but I will say this about her. She is fierce at celebration and recognition. She views self-care as a celebration of her willingness to engage. I've heard her say things like, I'm going to get a pedicure because I might have totally had an emotional breakdown while having that discussion with my mom about boundaries, but I did it. And so I'm getting a pedicure. Or I totally failed at making amends with my sister-in-law because she was a total jerk, but I made an effort. I tried, I made an effort, so I'm going to go get a massage. <laughs> One of my favorite memories of her was the night she invited me over for a bonfire in her backyard. We called it S'mores a la Broken Dreams. 
That night, we lit up our marshmallows over a fire of old journals, keepsakes, and tokens of lives that did not work out the way that either of us had hoped. And in the process of letting go and staying engaged in life, we made new memories with new friends. We laughed and cried and laughed and cried some more. A celebration of our willingness to let go and look forward. You are trying. I know that you are. Listening to this podcast is proof that you are trying to stay engaged in the struggle. You are awesome for doing that. You're amazing for even trying because that is not the easy choice. It's not the easy choice at all. And many, many people that you know in your lives are not even trying to stay engaged in the struggle. And so today I celebrate with you the fact that you are even trying. I shared with you just a few ideas of how I stay engaged in the struggle, but I want to hear from you. How do you stay engaged in the struggle? You can email me at amy at worthrecovery.com. Get on Facebook and join me. Search, search for Worth Recovery. Or get on the website and comment with how you are staying engaged in the struggle. What helps you keep going when things just seem too hard? If this podcast has helped you today, I urge you to get online at worthrecovery.com and become a Worth Warrior. Worth Warriors are patrons of the Worth Recovery podcast. Your help is needed to keep this podcast free and available to women all around the world. The button on the right side of the page will give you all the information you need to make that happen. As always, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this very moment, no matter how engaged or disengaged even you are right now, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight. I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.